Well, good morning, everybody. I've, uh, I've just asked uh, Jonathan if he'd put the words back of these, this song that we've just sung. And I want you to hold these words with you as I'm speaking this morning. Were the whole realm of nature mine that were an offering far too small? Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. That pretty much sums up what I'm going to be speaking about this morning. So, uh, yeah, it's wonderful when you when you coming towards that point of in the as the morning's going on, you know what you're preaching on, and then the final song just kind of opens it up for you. So, I just want you to hold on to these words as I'm speaking. Now, one of the things that you may picked up on if you weren't here last week is that John spoke about a river. <laughs> That's been mentioned a few times this morning. And there's a couple of things that I want to draw out from what John said. I'm not going to repeat his sermon. That would be cheating if you can cheat at preaching. But uh, if you weren't here last week, I strongly encourage you to go and find John's sermon, whether it's on Spotify or on the church website, and, ha- and listen to that. Because what John brought last week, it was kind of half sermon, but definitely prophetic word for the church for this season that we are in. And the, the, the phrase that God has been repeating to John over the last few weeks is, the river is flowing, the river is flowing. And John preached to us um, from Ezekiel 47, which is the picture of the river flowing from the temple. And just a few key things that I want to pick up on what John said from last week. The first one, the river is flowing now. God is moving here and now among us. This is not something that we are waiting for. God is moving. And we want to move with him. Am I right? (laughs) It's not just me, Grace. (laughs) Secondly, what God is doing here, he wants to flow out of here. He wants it to flow out into Durham, into the surrounding villages, and he wants it to flow out into the nations, just as we've seen this morning with that um, video from uh, Bulgaria. There are people that we are surrounded by who God is pursuing and God's heart is for. He wants to bring his love, his freedom, his life into people that don't even know he exists because his love for those people is so great. But he is flowing out from here. We are the vessels that he is wanting to use. It's not about us sitting back and just waiting for them to arrive. The river is flowing out. And the third thing that John picked up, that John said that I want to pick up on is the river is increasing. John picked up on, you know, the fact that, the, that a river at its source is a mere trickle. By the time it gets to the, uh, the mouth at the sea, it's huge, it's wide, it's vast. And we are experiencing God moving in a way that is going to increase. Now, on that river, where are we at the moment? I think we should be assuming that we're still splashing about in the shallows. Because if we start thinking we've got it all, actually, we're going to miss out on some of the things that God has for us. We're going to get comfortable and we're going to settle. I've uh, I've been doing a course up in Glasgow. It's a prophetic course. And I went up in March for a, an intensive week. And I went there and I had a chance to kind of look at these people and I thought, 
my goodness, we are splashing about in the shallows. They, they were talking about experiences in the Holy Spirit that I thought, that is just that is just kind of so far off the scale of my experience so far. And they were talking about the ways that, that God had, had been using them out in the streets, out in um, different places. And I just thought, my goodness, they're on another level. Um, but the thing that I noticed as, as they were sharing these is that alongside the stories of the amazing and wonderful things that God was doing, alongside the amazing encounters were stories of sacrifice saw stories of difficulty that they have had to push through in order to get to where they were. And that has stuck with me. Now, what I'm wanting to share this morning is what I think we need to have in our minds if we want to step into the more that God has whether we call that abundant life, whether we call it the depths of the river, there is more. But what I want to look at is, is how we step into that. Jonathan, could you put up those verses for me, please? What I'm talking about this morning, it's, it's, a, me- it's, it's a message that is repeated time and time again through the Bible. But I wanted to keep it simple in the reference that I was coming to this morning. And this is from 2 Timothy 2. And I've kept it simple because I want this to become almost like our daily mantra. It says, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. We've got two sides of the same coin here. On one side, we've got dying and enduring. On the other, we've got living and reigning. Now, I can tell you which one sounds more appealing. But if we sit only in living and reigning, we will end up with what's become known as the prosperity gospel, which says it's all about me. It's all about God blessing me. It's all about God making my life good. It's all about my earthly wealth being good. And that is not the message of the cross. That is not the message of Jesus. If, however, we just sit on the other side in dying and enduring, we end up with a poverty gospel that denies the power of God, that denies what God wants to do in our lives, that denies the way he wants to bless us in order to bless the world. We've got to hold the two together, and we've got to hold the two together daily. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it to the full. That's us. God said, okay, Jesus came for us to have life to the full. One translation calls it abundant life. We might this morning call it the river, the depths of the river. But Jesus also said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Today I want to look at this relationship between taking up our cross daily and entering into abundant life. So I want to start with this question of what are we talking about when we talk about abundant life. What is 
life to the full? What should that look like? And there's two people that I want to look at. The first of them is Adam. If we go right back to the beginning of Genesis to creation, we've got that wonderful creation story where God is celebrating over the good works of his hand. When God creates, he loves what he makes. He celebrates it. And the pinnacle of that creation is when he creates man, when he creates Adam. This is the point that that God has been waiting for. This is the bit that he has been excited about. And Adam was made differently to all other parts of creation. Adam was the only part of creation. And when I say Adam, I am talking about mankind and womankind. Adam was created for deep, intimate relationship with God, deep communion. And when Adam walked around in that garden, there was nothing between him and God. He was in the depths of God's presence. He spoke to him as I would speak to you, except that you, he would, God would have spoken back rather than just sat and listened like you are this morning. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Adam was made in the likeness of God. No other part of creation was made in the likeness of God. Now, it doesn't just mean that he looks like him. It meant that he was made to act, to be, to speak, to do as God does. To be a miniature representation of what God is like on the earth. Now, Adam wasn't a God. He was made to be like God in every way. And one of those ways is in the task that God gave to Adam. And that was for him to have dominion over the earth, to have authority to subdue the earth, to bring order out of the chaos that was beyond the the garden that, that God had made for Adam. So in this place, Adam had both deep relationship, but he also had the delegated authority of God. Now, very quickly, the story goes wrong, and Satan comes in the form of a snake and says to Adam, what God has told you about the fruit on this tree is not true. You you won't die. You'll have all knowledge. You'll have knowledge of good and evil. You will become like God. And Adam believes him. Adam was already like God. He didn't need anything else to be like God. Adam had everything he needed because God was providing it for him. Adam already had depth of relationship with God. He couldn't have. But something in Adam and Eve in that story said, I want to put me first. I want to be better than God. And he took that fruit. And in that moment... Sin entered into creation. Sin separated Adam and Eve from that relationship with God. That that deep communion was broken. And it was a permanent break, other than we know what God did later. Jesus was the only one who could correct that. But also, Adam handed over his authority and his rule to Satan in doing that. And he became subject to to the powers of Satan on this earth. Now, Paul refers to Jesus as the second Adam. So Jesus is the second person I'm going to talk about. 
So Jesus is referred to as the second Adam because Jesus is the one who lives the same life but got it right. Where Adam was disobedient, Jesus lived in full obedience. Where Adam wanted to make himself great, Jesus recognized the greatness of God and was in submission to his father permanently. Jesus walked a life of deep intimacy with his father and with the Holy Spirit. Jesus had no sin, so there was nothing separating him from God. He demonstrated what it was like to live in deep communion with the Father, to know that love, to be able to speak to him intimately. And in those times, only the high priest could enter the presence of God. And even then, they they had to do all sorts of things. Tina's just come and read out all the things that had to be done to get into the presence of God. Jesus was in the presence of God permanently on the mountain in the streets, wherever he was, the presence of God was deeply with him. So Jesus demonstrated that relationship, but he also demonstrated a power and authority that Adam should have had. Now, when I talk about power and authority, I am talking about power and authority in the spirit realm. I'm not talking about power and authority and control over people. Biblical authority never leads to control, it leads to freedom. And it leads to people entering into fullness of life, not lives being restricted. So I just want to make that clear, when because I'm going to mention the word authority um, a few times this morning. So for Jesus, that power came when he was baptized in the spirit during his physical water baptism. He was filled with the power of the spirit. Jesus' authority came from the Father. Jesus kept himself in a place of submission, and therefore he was able to walk out in full authority. So what did Jesus show power and authority over? He showed power and authority over sin. The Bible tells us he was tempted in every way that we are, but he never sinned. Sin never came close to Jesus. The enemy was not going to trap Jesus the way he did Adam. In fact, Jesus had power and authority over the demonic realm as he cast out demons from many people. And he didn't just cast them out, he restored those people to fullness afterwards. Jesus had power and authority over the weather as he told wind to stop, as waves calmed. He had power and authority over the natural order of things. He created the world with physical um, laws of nature and then he disobeyed them. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. He multiplied bread and fish to feed thousands. He had power and authority over sickness. There is story of healing after healing after healing in the Bible. And he had power and authority over death. He raised people from the dead and ultimately he was raised from the dead. Jesus also demonstrated character that goes with abundant life. Ian started us off this morning talking about peace. Peace is part of abundant living. 
Jesus was at full peace. He had the fullness of joy. He had ultimate patience, and aren't we grateful for that? He had joy. He was love itself. In fact, it feels wrong to say that Jesus had these qualities. He was these qualities. We have them. He is them. And as I've said, he lived out of intimacy with the Father. He had such joy in the Father and the Spirit, in that relationship. So Adam had the opportunity to live this life, but didn't. Adam was disobedient. Adam gave away his authority and broke the relationship. Jesus came and demonstrated what that life should look like. Jesus did it right. He got it. But he didn't just come to say, well, this is what you should have done, but you've blown it. He came to restore it. He came so that we could live that life. And Jesus walked on earth as a man. He was fully God, but he walked fully man. He demonstrated what is available to man and woman filled with the Spirit. So I want to briefly look at four events. The death, resurrection, the ascension, and Pentecost, and what Jesus did in each of those. So in Jesus' death, when Jesus was on that cross, he was on that cross with every single one of our sins, of the sins of the people down the road, of the people 10 years ago, 50 years ago, the people at the time, and the people who'd gone before. Every single sin was on his shoulders on that cross. Anything that you think of that you think, oh, I've done that and it was horrendous and I shouldn't have and I hope nobody knows, Jesus knew and he took it. And when he died, he paid the price that we should have paid. He paid the price that meant that that relationship with God could be restored because we can only come into God's presence when we are pure and blameless. So he has taken those sins so that when we say, when we come to to Jesus and we say, I receive what you've done for me, I accept what you've done for me on the cross, we are made pure and holy so that we can come back to God and be in complete communion with him again. And then we come to the resurrection. Through the resurrection, we see that there is eternal life. And that life starts for us, not when we die, but it starts for us the moment that we are in Christ, because we are raised with him. And then we come to the ascension. Now, the ascension is a wonderful, wonderful event. And sometimes I think we can overlook it a little bit. But the ascension of Jesus, when he went back up to heaven, he wasn't just going home to put his feet up. When Jesus went was taken back up to heaven. He went as the conquering king. And when he arrived in heaven, he walked straight through heaven to the throne that is at the right hand of the Father, and he sat in it. That throne is the highest place in all creation, all of heaven. And Jesus is the only one who has the right to sit in it. So when he went back up to heaven, I just, my, my imagination is just of this 
wild celebration of angels crying out, holy, 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 which they're still doing. And Jesus being received on this throne, the place of highest honor. But the Bible says, and he raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places. Spiritually, you are seated in heaven. Which means that we are reigning with him. This is not a picture just for when Jesus returns. This is a picture for now. We are seated with him now. Through the ascension, Jesus has restored our authority. And at around the same time, what was happening on earth? Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out in fullness to the point of making the walls shake. And the, 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 the disciples who were waiting for they were filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And that was not a one-off event. It is something we pray for and we seek and we see week after week here. And through that, that baptism in the Spirit that we receive, the power is restored to us. So through Jesus, everything that Adam lost has been restored to us. Is that good news? <laughs> so that picture of abundant life that we see in Jesus was replicated through Acts it was replicated through the stories of ordinary people going out and doing the amazing things that Jesus did. I can see a room full of ordinary people. You're wonderful, but we're ordinary people. Jesus wants to do the same things through us. And, you know, it's lovely seeing that video of, um, of Bulgaria. And, and, it's, and it, we, we can see like kind of the, the, you know, people going out on the streets and worshiping and, and, and speaking to people and praying for people. And we see, we, we see, um, elements of that abundant life among us. But do we want more? Yes, wonderful. <laughs> we want more. There is so much more. There is so much more freedom that we can have in the spirit. As I've already said, I had my eyes opened when I was up in Glasgow in um, March. There is so much more than we're seeing. There are more people that need to be healed. There are more people who need to be who need to be saved, who need to know the love of Jesus. There are still people that are struggling with depression, with anxiety. There are still people struggling with addictions. We need God to come and move in us so that those people and us can live in greater freedom. We need the more. And I believe that if we want to see that abundant life, we've got to go back to the other side of this coin. We need to be willing to die with Jesus. We need to be willing to endure with him, to take up our cross daily. Now, one of the experiences that I had when um, when I was up in Glasgow, now please don't judge me, <laughs> but I learned something about me that oh, uh, while I was well, I learned quite a lot about me. But one of the things 
um, we were having a, a worship time on one of the mornings, and it was a wonderful time. Um, it was one of those moments where you just feel like, yeah, we've hit the throne room. Just, you, you open your eyes and you think, oh, I'm in a normal, normal room. And it was just, it was wonderful. And at that point, one of the leaders got up and said, while we are in this place, we need to start interceding for our nations. Now, there were people there from all across the world. And what happened was something that's quite familiar, was what I would expect here. People started shouting out in their own languages. They, they started shouting out in tongues. And there was just this rise in the room. And this was great. And then the sounds changed. And it went from lots of people praying in tongues, praying in English, to wailing, groaning, sobbing. And as much as I hate to say it, do you know what rose up in me? Irritation. I thought, are they putting this on to look holy? And immediately, God held up a mirror to that thought. And I thought, oh. Because do you know what? Some people may have been. So what? <laughs> That's between them and God. But what I realized was this was something that's a little bit different to my experience. And it challenged me. And it also showed me that some people were connecting with God's heart in a way that I wasn't. And I didn't like that. And I had to come to God and I had to say, oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've had this attitude that I want things to be done the way I'm familiar with. I needed to let go of something. If I stay in the place of wanting God to do it my way, wanting to, to stay familiar, I am going to miss out. I want God to break my heart for what is breaking his. There are people out there that God loves so passionately that he went to the cross for them. And he is, his heart for them, when he sees them lost, when he sees them in pain, when he sees them struggling. Do you know, I, I think if God really showed us what his heart is like, I don't think we could carry it. But God wants us to catch hold of more of his heart. And I don't want my need for familiarity to keep me out of that. I have to die to that. God wants us to be in fullness. I'm just going to pause for a moment because I want the rest of what I'm, what I'm talking about to be less about me preaching to you and more about allowing God space to speak to you. Because do you know what? This, this is not meant to be theory. This is meant to be reality. And there is a, a wonderful bit in Psalm 139. Would you be able to put that up, Jonathan, please? So Psalm 139 ends with, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Do you know what? There are things in my life that I need to die to. God has been showing me a lot of them recently. It's challenging. It's painful. It's hard. 
But do you know what? When Jesus went to the cross, he went and endured the cross for the joy set before him. We're the joy set before him, his bride. When we go to our cross, when we take up our cross, there is a joy set before us that enables us to endure that. And that is Jesus. That is the abundant life that he has for us. That is life in deep. Think about those words that we read to us at the beginning. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. The love that God has for us, the life that God has for us, the relationship, the depth of intimacy that he has for us is worth everything. Adam failed because he thought what Satan was offering was better. It wasn't. Anything that we need to die to is inferior. It is inferior pleasure. It is inferior security. We need to die to that. So what I'm going to do in a moment, I want to pray over us, and then I'm going to go over just some things that that I feel like God has highlighted that he wants He wants us to think over this morning. I'm just focus on God because he's, he wants to speak to you this morning. Search us, O Lord, and know our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts and see if there be any grievous ways in us and lead us in the life, the way everlasting. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you speak to us individually, Lord? We give you permission to touch on the things that we don't see. We give you permission to speak into our blind spots. We don't want to be held back from you. We want to be free in you. We want to be living in deep communion with you. We want to be living in the depths of that river with you. So Lord, we invite you to come. Show us what is on our hearts, what is keeping us from you, that we might die to it and step into the fullness of life. Lord, we give you space. Amen. So you have permission to be listening less to me and more to God at the moment, which you've had all the way anyway, but (laughs) particularly. When God highlights things to us that he wants to deal with us in our lives, it is never to condemn us. It is never out of his anger. It is out of his love because he does not want us to not live the life he has for us. He doesn't want us to have a shallow relationship with him. He doesn't want us to just know in our heads that he loves us. He wants us to know it fully. So if you feel now that God is pointing something to you, do not feel condemned. That is not God that does that, that brings that feeling about. God brings those things because he loves us. Be grateful to him when he points things out to you because he he is the one that will deal with them. We might have to make a step. We might have to say, yes, God, here it is. I give it to you. He's the one that does that work. 
So there's a few areas that God has laid on my heart this morning. And I also want you to hear that I am not condemning anybody either, because these are all things that either have been or still are live issues for me that I have had to deal with. You might be like me, that you might like it when what God's doing looks a bit familiar. And it might be that you have to say, actually, God, you've got permission to do what you like. You've got permission to offend any religious spirit in me. Because I tell you, I've been praying that since I had uh, that moment. I don't want any religious spirit in me. So as I'm going through these things, just be listening for what God is saying. One of the things that can keep us out of the fullness that we need to die to is unforgiveness. We've all experience things that we need to be able to forgive people for on a vast scale of seriousness. Unforgiveness keeps us out of the fullness of God. It has, a, it has more impact on us than it does on the person that you haven't forgiven. And ultimately, it can, it can wear away at us. It can we we can we we can we will or we will end up struggling if we stay in unforgiveness so if there is somebody that god is highlighting to you this morning that you need to forgive then you need to chat with god about it you don't need to go to that person they don't need to know this is between you and god but just a couple of things i want to say about forgiveness forgiving somebody does not mean that what they did was okay it doesn't mean that it didn't really hurt you and it doesn't mean that it didn't matter. But in forgiving somebody, actually you're then allowing God that space to come and heal those emotions, to come and heal that hurt. Forgiveness also doesn't mean that you have to put yourself back in a place where somebody can do something repeatedly to you. You do not have to go back into that situation. But you do need to forgive. And as we forgive, we hand over the right for, for, for justice to God because it's his right. God will deal with that person. God knows what that person needs. God knows what they've done. And we have to trust God with them. It might be that God is challenging you on your finances this morning. Do your finances and what you do with them, do they bring glory to God? The Bible tells us that everything is God's. Everything comes from him. Our money is God's. We start to get into difficulty when we start thinking, my money is mine. Our money is God's. And The Bible says that tithing and offering to God is important. And it can be so easy when we're in times at the moment where finances can be difficult that we might say, yeah, I really can't do that this month, God. I really can't tithe. I really can't uh, give give anything. The the money's too tight. As As a testimony, for nine years now, Keith and I have not had guaranteed monthly income 
And there have been times where we've thought, is this the point it runs out? But we have made a point every month of tithing. And it has not run out. We're not booking big cruises every month. But we have been provided for faithfully by God. So if you think you can't afford to tithe, maybe go to Malachi 3 and just read it. There's your homework. Because God is your provider. And when we bring our finances to him, actually we release them into the kingdom. And they become part of the kingdom economy rather than the world's economy. And if ever you want to have a chat about that, come and talk to me. Because there isn't time this morning. But God's economy is far better than the earth's. Another area that God is putting his finger on this morning, is sinful lifestyles. If there are things in your life that you know are not honoring to God, that you feel caught in. The Bible has tells us that sin no longer has dominion over us. If you are, if you have given your life to Jesus, sin does not have dominion over you. Sometimes it feels like it does because we can get caught in repetitive behavior and we feel like actually that sin is controlling us, like that sin is taking over us. Now the problem with sin is that the devil comes along and he tempts us and when we start to agree with him, just like Adam did, we start to give him back control. Now when you are saved and you sin, you do not lose your salvation. That is, let me just be clear on that. You do not lose your salvation. But he starts to get a foothold over an area of your life. And he keeps you in that place. So it begins to feel like he has the dominion in that. So how do we break that? We confess it. We tell him to go in Jesus' name. And then we ask God for that strength to fill us. And as we've looked at this past, the the this topic, it talks about taking up our cross daily. We're not into quick fixes. We're talking about something that we might have to come back and say tomorrow, God, I need you to fill me afresh because the temptation is still coming. And then the next day, God, I still need your strength. I still need your help. I still need, I, I need your spirit to work self-control in me. But that sin is never going to give you the pleasure, the comfort, the peace that comes from God. It is inferior to the abundant life that God has for you. Keep the joy in your mind so that you can enjoy your cross. And sometimes the thing that we need to die to is our understanding, our timing. We can... We, we can agree with God about how he's working, but don't we wish he'd do it a bit quicker sometimes? Don't we wish he'd do it in another way? Or don't we wish he would tell us all the stages along the way? Don't we wish he'd kind of just say, right, this is my plan and I'm going to do all these things and this is how it's all going to work out. Lean not on your own understanding. 
but trust in the Lord with all your ways and he will guard your heart. That is something that I have to take hold of on a daily basis because God has spoken some things over me and God is doing some things in my life that I don't get. And I'm thinking, God, what are you doing? What is this meant to look like? What am I supposed to do? And he keeps not telling me, but one thing he does keep saying is, trust me, trust me, trust me. And I'm saying, yes, I'm trusting you, God, but what are you doing? Trust me, yeah. Now, there are a whole plethora of things that God is probably speaking to us about this morning, things that he, he wants different people to die to. We're going to pray in a moment. We're going to have, I'm going to give you that opportunity to respond to God. Whatever he is putting his finger on, go with him on it. Because it might hurt. It might be painful. But it will be so worth it. What God has in store for us is so much more than whatever that thing is. He's so much greater and he loves you and he wants you to know that love and he wants you to live in his fullness. He wants you to live in complete freedom. He wants you to live in the power and the authority that he has won for you. He does not want to leave you as you are. I am so grateful he doesn't want to leave me as I am because I'm so glad that there is more of him that I can, I, I can step into. Could we stand, please? And would the band like to start heading back? So whatever it is that God has been prompting on you, or it might, even if there isn't anything specific, just I'd love you to just close your eyes and do whatever it is that helps you to engage with God. It might be holding out your hands, offering whatever it is up to him. It might be kneeling in surrender. Anything that helps you just to be, be thinking, God, I'm giving this to you. Jesus, we want to thank you for what you have won for us. We want to thank you that you will not leave us as, as we are, but that, Lord, that you have fullness for us. So, God, we lift up anything that is hindering us, anything that is holding us back from your fullness. We lift it up to you now. And, God, we say we choose you. We choose your way. We choose to die to these things. And Lord, we ask that as we offer them up to you, would you give us the strength that we need, the strength that we need to not take them back, to not pick them back up? Would you give us the strength that we need tomorrow to stay in that same place? Would you give us the strength for Tuesday? (laughs) To continue daily laying all things at your feet so that we might walk in full freedom. And Lord, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you lead us into abundant life? Would you lead us 
into the truth of that ruling and reigning with you. And as we daily take up our cross and we die to self, we will step more fully into what God has for us. As he fills us with his spirit, we too will have power and authority over sickness, sin, demons, the weather, the natural order of things. We too will grow in that character of Jesus. Lord, we don't want to scratch the surface. We don't want to paddle about in the shallows. Lord, we want to go deeper. We want to go into the fullness that you have for us. So, Lord, we come and we say, would you continue to search us? Would you continue to try our thoughts, to search our hearts and lead us deeper into you? In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go back into worship. But I'm going to ask the the ministry team if you would come out. There's three groups of people that... I felt God is particularly wanting to minister to. Firstly, if there is anybody here who has never given their lives to Jesus, who has never made Jesus Lord of their lives, and you've come this morning and you're thinking, I want this relationship that they're talking about. I want this joy. I want this life. It's the most wonderful life you can live. But as I've said, it's not easy. (laughs) It demands our soul, our life, our all. But if that is you this morning and you want to come and you want that relationship with Jesus, would you come forward and would you tell whoever is is with you in the ministry team that that's why you're there so they can talk you through that and pray you through that. Also, if you're someone who doesn't know if you've been filled with the Spirit, if you've had that experience of baptism in the Spirit... We, we have been restored to power. But we need to come and we need to receive it. And we need to say, yes, Lord, I want more of that. If that is you, then the ministry team would love to pray for you for that. And thirdly, if when we were praying um, and offering whatever it was back to God that he, is, he has highlighted, the thing that we need to die to. If in that you need somebody just to stand alongside you, pray for strength for you, pray with you in that, you might feel a little bit overwhelmed by the size of whatever it is that God was highlighting, then the ministry team would be happy to do that. You don't need to tell them what it is. You can if you want to. But they don't need to know. They're, they're, they're perfectly good at praying without knowing all the details. But as we go back into worship, if you fit one of those groups, feel free to, to come up for some prayer.